In today's quest, we learn that hell hath no fury like a lover's vengeance. This is the quest for power. Welcome back to the quest for power where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War I. We are Scott and Michael, and you are joining us on the power struggle for the Ostrogothic crown and for Italy itself. Like always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at questforpowerpod, or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. So with all that out of the way, introduction, Let's uh, get into the uh, let's let's get into our modern history, Michael. What's been going on? I uh, I decided that um, I wanted someone to shoot lasers into my eyes, and now I can see twenty twenty. I got LASIK surgery, and yeah. uh, it has been one of the it has been awesome. I just I really wish I had done this sooner. It is it was so quick. Um, I think I had two days really of like recovery, but I could see right away and it gets clearer and clearer every day. So it's people who do not have glasses or contacts. It don't, it's like, it's amazing to like go to sleep at night and you still see before, you know, you close your eyelids or like you wake up and you can look at the clock. You don't need to reach for your glasses or stuff like that. It, It, the littlest things that are just so cool although i (laughs) although i do find myself keep trying keep thinking do i have to take my contacts out oh no that's wait i I don't i didn't leave them in there (laughs) they're not there (laughs) yeah that's kind of surreal i uh have like some nearsightedness but uh it's not bad to the point where i need glasses for like most day-to-day stuff it's mainly like if i'm like really tired particularly like night driving things like that but Apart from that, it's livable, but there may come a day. I thought about it. I had a coworker who also got um, uh, eye surgery, and he's like, man, this stuff's great. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was like an intense eye exam. It was uh, the also what I had like a really, really good doctor, and I think that made all the difference. Like I was told by some people they take Valium. Like the doctors oh actually give them Valium beforehand to like settle them down. And I was not given that at all. I was given nothing. I was just given the calm words of a doctor telling me, look, I understand you're a little nervous because I mean, it's a terrifying thought. Um, yeah. 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 God forbid. Yeah, I need these to see and I don't want you to make it worse. Yeah. So like, and, and, and there is a second you do go blind and it, but he just, the way this doctor, it was like, he was hypnotizing me. It was, a he was just the whole way through. He's like, it's just going to be a light little light show. You're going to go through. It's going to be a bit of tense. Just relax. Enjoy the show. And uh, he kept going, <laughs> he kept going like, oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. This is nothing. And it, I, I, it was just, <laughs> but you don't know. It's not even that. It literally feels like a, um, like, have you ever had like those eye exams where, you know, the thing that it, it's usually like a hot air balloon comes in and out of focus yeah. or whatever. It's essentially that just a little bit more colors, but it, you don't feel a zap. You don't, 
not that's kind of wild because it is yeah, that's yeah i get squeamish about it but we'll I, see how I, I thought i would too like that was what i was thinking is what you were thinking like oh my god i'm just gonna have to like take whatever the uncomfortable feeling is you know for like 10 seconds or, or however long that it was and it was like 30 seconds each eye that was it that's a long time that's longer than i thought actually but uh, for the actual laser i think it was mine because i'm a i uh did like i was way more blind than most so maybe that was why because i heard some people had like 10 seconds yeah but uh, but yeah, again it you it's just like a normal it's just like a very intense eye exam. So those 30 seconds and they count it down for you, which is kind of nice. Cause you're like, all right, almost done. And then once you do one, one eye, it's like, well, the second eye, it's, you know, it's coming yeah. We're <laughs> halfway just... there and no going back now. Yeah. I can't really have, yeah. So it was, it was cool. Well, so enough about that. What have you been up to? Oh, fighting off sickness after a uh, work trip and then a concert so oh that both of those will get you sick uh, especially yeah. if, especially if the work trip involved airports uh yeah i i spent a lot of time well it actually wasn't that bad i had like two i don't know like how long i i had like relatively short uh layovers so um not bad but yeah a lot of like socializing and i have no way of like confirming this but like like i was in the airport and like went to like the restroom and like this guy next to me is just like hacking along and i'm like oh, oh my no. god if this is like <laughs> this is where i get sick this is this is it you could pinpoint to the exact moment in time it could be yeah so uh you know so i guess if you're in the uh uh, Washington DC airport, watch out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm a little, a little rough from that. Cause like the, uh, the, my whole weekend was basically like shot with this, like mildly annoying sickness, but on the bright side, very fun work trip, very fun, uh, concert, got to see the birthday massacre, uh, which is much less, uh, terrifying than it sounds. I was going to say that sounds very interesting i it's a heavy metal it's got to be a heavy metal band right no they're like uh I, I get i think like the the musical like or the um the genre i think it's called like dark wave i guess it'd be like it's like early 2000s um like they use a lot of like keyboard synth uh synthesizer um but they do have like some pretty good like guitar lines and stuff too but i'd say they're like more they're they're closer to rock than anything but oh okay. um no they got some they got some good vibes um so yeah fun show like and it was a really tiny venue like the uh the uh the the lady who was singing uh she was like high-fiving the crowd while she was singing because the stage was that close oh that's wow that's pretty Ezra, good. It, 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 they were just like lovable goose good. on stage really fun um and i guess now i'm paying for it so yeah it happens so all right so we can uh move on to our next segment here so but before we get started uh let's uh talk about what happened last time so the last time we uh went through the misfortunes of vidigies or vidigies 
Vitigis is what I've been saying, but you never know. So Vitigis, 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 uh, however you like to say it, because the unfortunate I am not one. Learned. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, a, a person who was reasonably competent, but uh, proceeded to just like you know roll snake eyes uh, on every turn. Yeah, nat one every single time. Terrible. That's right. And even even with without disadvantage, but oh no, I'd say he had disadvantage because he had no supplies. Rome had all the supplies. Yeah. So, um, you know, competent man, bad times. He fled, and uh, now we've got somebody new. Yes, that we do. But before we jump into somebody new, we have our sources. We gotta just out there uh uh we have of course procopius he's from the roman point of view as we discussed in all the episodes and if you're listening to these in a row you're probably annoyed at this by now uh he is writing on behalf of justinian uh he is alive during the events of this episode however i there's at one point during the gothic war where he goes back to constantinople and is no longer in italy with belisarius um I don't remember when that was entirely, but I do know that he eventually goes back. So some of this stuff is going to be hearsay, which I mean, most history is hearsay, let's be honest. And then uh, we have Jordanes, who every historian loves to pick on. Uh, and he comes from for the Catholic point of view. Uh, so he gives them a little favoritism. But without further ado... Let's go on to the main quest. Welcome to the court of Ildabad the Savior, King of the Ostrogoths. I love, before we like dive into his name, I love his name. Like for a Germanic King Ildabad, I don't know. I think that's like a perfect name. It fits everything. When I think of like a good Germanic tough King. Cause he's bad. Yeah, because it's bad. <laughs> Ill the bad. It's got ill and the bad. I don't know. Yeah, he's. I, yeah. I enjoy does he get, it. Does he does he get sick and die? <laughs> ill the <de> bad. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, we will have to find out, shall we? Um, with the death and capture of Vitigus, uh, well, vice versa, with the capture and then eventual death of Vitigus, there's a big power vacuum that is currently in the top of the remnants of the Ostrogothic kingdom. Many of the Gothic nobles, because remember, Goths, um, they elect their kings. Uh, they wanted a man named Urias. I'm going to go with that. I can't believe I pronounced that. To succeed Vitigus, and Urias was in Tictinium, which is modern-day Pavia, northern Italy area. And uh, it is one of the very few cities held by the Ostrogoths. Urias was considered a great commander in the Ostrogothic army, and he was actually a nephew of Vitigus. So, you know, he was blood-related. So you would think, right, that he would become, that they would select him as the king, but we're not talking about Urias. We're talking about Ildabad. How did this happen? Because Urias uh, know, knows better. 
Yes, <laughs> that is true. He does know better. He yeah. refused the crown. And he said, my family does not hold enough royal lineage. Uh, and he fa in favor of Ildabad, who controlled Verona, and who is in northern Italy, between which is, sorry, Verona is in northern Italy. It's between Milan and Venice. Would, so in this day... In age, though, Scott, would you refuse the crown? Obviously, you said you would. It puts a target on your back, and it's not a fun job. But if you refuse, that current king is obligated to kill you because you automatically are a threat to his rule. Yikes. Um, I mean, the main reason I would not want to is because, like, the kingdom's kind of in a rough spot. If you just, I mean, like, lose yeah, everything, you know, that's like your uh that's probably that's like your death warrant kind of you you well, might be able to like escape as like a like a prisoner right or i say escape you might be able to live as a prisoner but i was gonna say i i'm not sure they they don't like to they don't like to put threats to prison they like to put threats on spikes well uh you know at least as like as far as some of our record goes you think of like some of the um uh vandals right who are just like, yep, they get like carted off to, you know, uh, Constantinople to live indeterminate amounts of, of life. But yes, but that's Romans. These are Germanic barbarians. Oh, no, no. I'm saying kings. when when they get demolished by Rome, because that's what it like. It, you have to think. Oh, like, I'm thinking, OK, I'm an Ostrogoth. I'm next in line for the Ostrog Ostrogothic king. Rome just ran us over. They steamrolled us. They made a deal with us only because it was like costly for them to like continue fighting. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Like we have only a few cities like actually like left in Italy at this point, right? Why would I want to be like the captain of this sinking ship at this point? <laughs> that is true. Like you hope your your best bet is like you know either you you know you you get out. Like I think it depends on how merciful you think people are going to be when you when your ship sinks because i can't imagine and again this is like a retrospective like yeah know, thing but like can you really like after like this like huge like defeat just be like yeah i think you know the ashgrathic kingdom is totally going to be okay <laughs> i the biggest problem the biggest thing is like i have control over my own destruction at least if i take the kingship versus i am solely giving all of the mercy to the king which in historic terms they generally don't keep their tart you know the their threats alive it generally does not happen most of the time those threats get killed along with their entire family yeah so you think that the the guy who says no would be less threatening but I, I i don't know what it is but it's it's in, yeah i agree with you like in common sense terms you're like well he's not a threat he said he didn't want it why you know it's like uh it's like monty python the uh he, he's so he's so humble so that means he's the messiah he's the true leader <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> so Ildabad was not an Ostrogoth, though. He's actually a Visigoth, and he is the nephew of the first non-Balti Visigothic king, Theodos. And uh, both of these leaders, Urias and Ildabad, held only one city at the time. So 
<laughs> you are right. The Ostrogothic, you know, Empire Kingdom is down to two cities. And that's all they get in 540. The rest, they're surrounded by, you know, Roman control. Uh, again, very loose Roman control. It's not like Rome has everything locked down. Um, yeah. But it's still not great. Uh, one of the first things he did was he moved his royal court to Tictinium, which if you remember, that's where Urias was. And when he did this, he actually created this narrow strip of land that became under Gothic control <laughs> because, you know, they needed like a little highway of sorts to, you know, get the um, good things back and good, forth between their good, cities. Yeah, exactly. So they he had to get a little bit of land that way. Ildabad, though, he uh, he had a little more grudge with the Romans, other than the fact that, you know, they just almost wiped out the entire kingdom. When Vitigus was captured and taken to Constantinople, Ildabad's children were also sent there as part of the spoils of war. We don't know anything said about his wife, but there's a pretty good idea that his wife was too so he probably had vengeance on his mind when he received the crown because he was not going to see them again uh Belis sorry justinian was good at using belisarius to capture land but justinian was not the brightest at maintaining control of it uh, we've been talking about Justinian for a while now. He has been the driving force behind Rome during pretty much all of this Gothic War. He His big thing is he wants to conquer all of Rome all over again. I wonder how he's going to get to the British Isles, but, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> After his victory in Italy, Justinian gave Belisarius a triumph. Um, do you remember what those were, Scott? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like, uh, parades and king for a day, yeah? Yeah, pretty much, yep. He, he, or, uh, in, in ancient Rome, it was God for a day. But, yeah, probably this was king for a day at this time. Uh, and then he, uh, gave him a nice big parade, patted him on the back for a job well done, and then proceeded to forget about Italy and just left 11 separate commanders scattered in little fortresses all over to hold Italy, but for some yeah. reason he left no central command in place. He then compounded his bad decision with another. He infested the land with tax collectors, squeezing the population of Italy resources. When the Gothic War, you know, it, it was a war. It destroyed a crap load of land already. Yeah, that's kind of like a uh, a difficult thing um is like administering like stuff you've conquered it's just kind of crazy because like what it's been like what 60 or so years uh at yeah this about point. about 60 years since rome was captured by uh theodoric yeah it kind of feels like that uh the people there don't really miss rome <laughs> yeah, yeah like no. it, it feels like things would have gone more smoothly particularly on the administrative side of uh People were so happy to go back to if people were clamoring to go back to Rome. So yeah, to speak. 
it seems like certain people were like in the cities, but I can guarantee on the countryside they're like, no, we're fine, go away. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, we've 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 been subsistence farming for like you know ten generations or something, and <laughs> you know by gum we're gonna do it for another ten. Uh, he had this governor, Governor Alexander the Logothete, uh, the auditor, uh, installed by Justinian and. He, his brilliant idea was to collect taxes all the way back from the end of Theodoric's reigns. You think the IRS is bad on back taxes. There was an entire other government in place, and they want to collect taxes for that entire time. Ah, you know, the, the place that's been in constant war for like 60 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll have a lot of money. <laughs> Especially because, you know, they were paying taxes to the Ostrogoths at this time. So they already don't have money. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think with all of this money they're grabbing, right? They would at least pay their soldiers. No. That's, no. That doesn't, yeah. No. Why? Why would you pay the people? with sharp pointy things that g gave you italy uh, well you know they're all the way all the way in italy we just got to pay the soldiers who are here in constantinople i mean that's, <laughs> that, that is fair <laughs> so as you can imagine this is a pretty intense situation going on right now we have the roman populace who has undergot the control and now they have buyer's remorse they are like why did we want rome back this is not this is not what we signed up for and then many of the troops the people fighting for rome told their commanders to piss off and then i'm not fighting for you anymore in fact i'm gonna go fight for them against you which i mean you're not paying your soldiers what do you expect yeah these are not uh this is not the the volunteer fighting force <laughs> yeah so well, the Gothic War was at a standstill. Constantinople believed it was pretty much over. I mean, look, they celebrated already. They threw this big parade. It's done, you know? Ildabad let them know they were sorely mistaken. He struck the Romans first by expanding his lands to the Venetia and Liguria, north of the River Po. And most of this was a dump basically by the inhabitants. You go, you know, you're evil Aryan heretics but i would still much rather deal with you than the out of touch constantinople yeah no i agree <laughs> like... at least these people are gonna you know at least have some skin in the game if uh you know you get invaded yeah exactly yeah like... even the even though they're going to hell at least right now they're <laughs> they're gonna be a little bit better for us well our ruler is going to hell you know i've got my uh you know, I've got my like secret uh, Nicene, you know, like uh, altars and stuff in my house. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I yes. know it, it kind of <laughs> seems like the general gist of like half of these like uh, these Gothic uh, kingdoms has been a lot of just like, well, probably because probably half the time is because they don't they're in a huge position to care. But like, you know, a lot of them are a little more lax than, you know, your Nicene uh variants i yeah the only ones who are kind of nuts was geyseric and well he was just a 
bloodthirsty general to begin with. So I think he just used that, you know, <laughs> as a as an excuse to start killing people. Yeah. So yeah. Well, it, you know, it's probably I would wager that's probably better to be a Nicene Christian in Aryan country than an Aryan in Nicene. Yes. Country. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. In 541, a Roman general by the name of Vitalis was stationed in Venetia, and he was getting fed up with the lack of Roman inaction. You know, Congress isn't doing shit over there. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, he took matters in his own hands. He grabbed a large force of Heruli warriors, and he's like, all right, we're going to deal with these Goths since, you know, Rome doesn't want to. Well, Ildabad was feeling very generous, and he granted the general's wishes. He met him at the Battle of Tarbisium, at, in, at, which is near the city of Trivioso, and he absolutely obliterated the Roman forces. <laughs> the Roman general Vitalis was very lucky to escape with his life. And uh, his, new nep his nephew... Uh, by the name of Totilla, who will become important later, then became the commander of this garrison over in Trivioso. All right. So hey, we got a big city. You know, that's some that's some points. Got a big victory. Got to slap Rome up a little bit. That's always fun. Yeah. Well, when you're not paying your soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, you know. I guess you could say that the people who are left fighting are the ones who truly care. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or just too like lazy or uns or scared to, you know, leave over to Gothic. Yeah, sides. they're they're like the they're like the evil minions in the stories, the stormtroopers or whatever, for, for yeah. some reason just decided, you know, to be with the evil, just faceless evil <laughs> soldiers. Yeah. Well it, usually I always assume that like when I think of like uh Star Wars that like the Empire would like you know at least give them some like just like even if it's horrible just like some like lousy pay like this is like their equivalent of like a desk job you know yeah yeah that's true yeah no this is no pay we've established that so this is <laughs> this is worse than the empire yeah this is very true uh so everything you know he just got his for a big victory he's been expanding you know uh, the Ostrogothic Kingdom, which was on the verge of collapse. If not, it was pretty much extinct, except for two lousy little cities. Not everything was going great. Um, despite his victories, he began getting suspicious that, shocker, Urias was plotting to overthrow him, despite, you know, Urias going, no, thank you, I don't want it to the crown earlier. No, so he didn't kill him. <laughs> not, not... <laughs> See? Look yeah, at that. No, no, he didn't want it. I guess doing the Jon Snow, again, you don't know this because of Game of Thrones, but this the 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 memeable line now, I don't want it, is what Urias was doing. Because, yeah, that's, you know, we were just talking about how you could, uh, how you were likely to get killed by the king if he refused. <laughs> and... Uh, it's not looking like that, at least so far. Uh, yeah, yeah. His suspicions weren't really of his own. Apparently, his wife was offended that Urias's wife was living a more lavish, luxury lifestyle 
than the queen of the Ostrogoths and that that was a disrespect to the queen. I feel like that's something that it to, maybe it's just like movies and stuff talking, but that feels like something that like is a common sense thing. I like, mean, do you really want to show up royalty? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. It, it, but the situation, I mean, yeah, correct. You shouldn't be showing up royalty. There's literal laws against it. I think you can't wear purple in the number of kingdoms. Uh, it was that way in Rome too. Um, unless you were part of the Royal family. Uh, so yeah, it just, it, I mean, it feels like a, it's bad taste. Yeah, correct. But it didn't need to get to this point. The situation got so out of control that it ended up with Ildabad ordering the death of Urias. Nice. <laughs> it's a bit much. I I want, I love my wife. I will do anything for my wife. I don't think I would kill because of Ron over next door, his wife is you know living a more lavish lifestyle she has a lamborghini and we just have a range rover boy tough breaks huh i mean <laughs> yeah now you, the uh you kill I, someone like, to appease your wife's vanity <laughs> i think uh you know not to justify it but i feel like that uh being royalty and sh put showing yourself up to royalty is like you know if you equate like you know, living well and money to power, then it's kind of like you... That is fair. You know, flexing that you probably have more power or as much power as, like, the royalty. Like, I, you know, that and also she was probably just jealous. But uh, not to not to justify court killing, but <laughs> if I, I feel like, like wealth, uh, oddly enough, has, like, has, like, greater stakes in, like, royalty than... Uh, us in our uh, more capitalist-esque uh, or mixed economy society. I mean, yeah, royalty was, you were looked, um, I, I forgot, um, oh, what book was it? It was called like the, not the Iron Throne or the Iron King, I think something like that. It was one of the things that um, George R. R. Martin used as inspiration. And it's based off of, real events in in france that happened um basically there's this rich 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 merchant you know way wealthier than this poor little nobility family but the nobility family was ranked much higher up in society than this wealthy beyond all means you know like billionaires family and when one of the uh, when one of the sons of the merchants married a daughter of like one of the lowest royalty that they wanted to kill him for that. So like royalty doesn't, I don't think it matters as much as I think it matters more than wealth does at this point. Yeah. Again, fun little story. There's a problem with it. It's probably complete bullshit made up by Procopius um, to humanize the cause of events. Several historians have gone on to say this. I mean, let's be real. There's no way a Roman contemporary historian who is on the ground in the fog of war would know the plots 
unless they are somehow interacting with Rome. And I highly doubt that Procopius would deem it necessary to write about a feud between two wives. Well, if it resulted in someone's death. I mean, yeah. Um, Gothic historian Herwig Wolfram believes that Urias was actually murdered because of Vitigus's clan, um, who was our previous king, allied with non-Gothic barbarian tribes to overthrow Ildabad. So it, basically, Ildabad took out his biggest threat at the time, which is more of Occam's razor, if let's be honest. The one's more fun, it's more flowery, but... You know, yeah. it's, pr it's probably something boring as, uh, you know, hey, uh, this guy's, they're trying to overthrow you now. All right, you know, off with their head. Yeah, I don't know. It speaks which, to a different conversation piece. Yeah, which one, which one do you think, would you go with? Which one is the official oh, quest for power official? story? Oh, it, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, allying with like, uh other clans or, or you know uh, that's that's what tribes. you think that's what well you think yeah like it, it's just so much more practical i mean yeah and like yeah it, it's like you'd have to like do something i feel like like pretty more drastic to like make uh you know a uh a slight to the queen like that bad in this time especially because yeah. you're in wartime you know right it just it sounds like such like there's a... there's an awful lot of like real things to kill people over and yeah. like you know that that doesn't even really equate nearly as much of a power struggle as like uh you know the uh, allying yourself with other like tribes or factions like i was trying to do mental gymnastics to justify you know <laughs> yeah, this killing yeah. <laughs> and uh you know this is like much more just like boring but um i think it also speaks to the um potential the lack of instability in the tribe and then also the wishy-washiness of uh our good friend uh oh what is it your uh, urias urias and uh and also that maybe maybe he started seeing some victories um and realized that maybe things weren't as bad as uh, yep. mm -hmm. as it looked that rome was uh once again overextending itself yep exactly yeah exactly that's it yeah i didn't even think of that but yeah you hit that on the head that yeah oh wow oh we actually could you know someone did the hard work might as well you know yeah just shows it can be done and that this isn't a, this isn't as much of a sinking ship as it looks to be Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, later that year, once again, we're at a medieval feast. So much fun. We love these, right? You're enjoying yourself. You're drinking good wine. You're consuming delicious food. Nothing bad ever happens at these things. Not the ones we talk about anyway. No, no, never. <laughs> no, not, not at all. You're, you're too busy. We talk about, you know, sorting out alliances and carrying out favors, all that good stuff. You know, good exchange of converts. And, and during the feast, um, it's just a fun little story. His uh, bodyguard, Velas, took Ildabad aside and said, you know, come to your side, and then just stabbed him, killing him right away, ending the Gothic King's short reign. So sad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is that is it. After all the talk of conspiracies, you know, you'd think it would be this big elaborate plot to bring him down, and nope, it was... Uh, we'll 
tell you why he was stabbed. He was killed because he married Velas's lover off while Velas was away. So basically, oh. like Velas must have been away fighting at a different thing or something, and and uh, Ildabad must have taken that as an advantage to marry off his lover to gain some sort of favor or you know some sort of deal. Boy, and uh, did it that was... to his own bodyguard, huh? And. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, hindsight seems pretty bad to piss off the the guy who's in charge of your safety. You you think he would have learned? Well, they probably didn't really know about you know the Roman bodyguards when you know the emperors would piss them off, especially the Praetorian guards, that they would just get a little stabby stabby. Uh, But uh, that's that's it. That's all we got for Ildabad. Are you ready to rate him? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. Well, before before we start that, um, if you guys stick around after we rate Ildabad, we will have a bonus king for you. Very All cool. right. Royal power. How long do you think his reign was? Okay. That's uh, short. I'm willing to give them six years. Nope. He reigned from 540 to 541. Whoa. So about a year. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was going to be generous. My first guess was going to be four, but yeah, that was still, man. Really? Because, <laughs> like, yeah, he really didn't have any, uh, like, slow startup moments in his first, like, years or two. Yeah, no. Yeah, normally, like, when we hear something like what we just heard, like, that was, I don't know, in some of the kings, that was like 10 years worth of material. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, basically, let's let's be let's summarize his power. He was starting to make strides. He was, you know, he took two cities and actually built land, and you know, started getting real power and starting to really challenge Rome. He humiliated a Roman commander, and he took this Gothic kingdom, which was, it was it was almost dead like it was just about extinct and he recaptured most of northern italy yeah rome stepped on their own feet but he capitalized on their stupidity yeah so, um yeah i think that's overall he, pretty good it's he just didn't, like he did short life. yeah it's it's a big what if because he didn't the way he died wasn't because of some power struggle. It was because he pissed off his bodyguard. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, a short death is, or a short lifespan is kind of a big detractor. Mm-hmm. Can't maintain power if you're not there to maintain it. So, uh, but, you know, made great strides in a short, you know, time. I'm willing to splurge on like a, like a four, you know? Yeah, Cause... yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking of five. I think, in if we look at his time, like he did really, really well. I couldn't find too many negative things, if any at all, um, against him during this time. He took um, advantage of a situation, which is what you want from your king. So yeah, yeah. It would have like if he had just more time to do his thing, I probably would have been like, you know. If he had like at least a few more years under his belt, 
I yeah. probably would have given him like a seven easy. Yeah, he could have been a Yurik uh, for, yeah. the, for the um, Visigoths. Like, if that would Yeah, it's just hard to justify anything when your reign is less than a year. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, all right, well, that makes a four and a five for a total of nine. So, moving on to the next one. Infamy. Um, the only fine thing I could find is he had Urias murdered. I Not mean, exactly, it's kind of, uh, Andy pissed off his bodyguard. That's yeah, about that was, it. Yeah, those two seem pretty par for the course. I'm going to say zero. I got nothing. Yeah, Zeros all around. So, for a total of zero. Religious passion. Uh, his reign was less than a year, and it was in the middle of a war. Didn't have time to build a church. No. Couldn't really a... build a church. No. <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> you probably couldn't even try and, you know, organize uh, some sort of, you know, thing to uplift in that short of time, especially when you're only fighting. So, uh, zero. Yeah. Zero. Zero's all around for zero. All right. Stability. Not great uh i would not want to live in this age uh ever um the gothic war is still raging on and there's a lot of land being ravaged as as a subsistence farmer this would suck <laughs> yeah that's that's true plus well also you have to think you have the taxes rolling through too right yep from and Roman then also and... and then if you want to look at it from a court perspective his court was also a disaster like clearly he <laughs> uh he had urias murdered and you know uh things were going great uh i cannot find one stable thing in his raid i'm gonna have to say zero i'm willing to splurge on a one here oh. and the only reason is because he's bringing things back from the brink a bit and he got the strip of land between the two the cities. It, to me, it speaks as like he went from the literally the least stable you possibly could be and still be considered a kingdom to having a slightly more solidified, you know, base. It's the only thing. Yeah. Like, it feels like a step in the right direction. Okay. And I'm willing to give a point for All me right. personally. I, uh, yeah, no, I have to agree with you. I'm going to have to go with one as well. I see it. Yep. Yeah. You, sometimes you yep. got to break things down to build them back up. Yep. And I think that that's like part of it. So, but yeah, pretty rotten overall, but I think it <laughs> deserves some points. So, all right. On to the next one, the fun one. Royal demise. I mean, he went for a, a twist on the classics for this one. He was murdered for a feast by a bodyguard, but for a lover's revenge, not this big elaborate clue, coup. He, uh, it was kind of fun. He took, he did like a Witcher where he takes a classic fairy tale and twists it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I it's had. Not, it's not too shabby. Nah, nah. Um, not. It doesn't blow me out of the water, but. Uh... I mean, it's kind of crazy that, like, I assume, and I don't know this, but like, he's a he's bodyguard, right? Like, yeah. and I'm assuming that he guards him in more places than just feasts, right? I mean, 
it doesn't really say like that that I it could have find. been just for that one assignment you know or like yeah, yeah like this is like, cause like it's just i'm like why wait till a feast unless he just really wanted to like yeah just make a I, statement or I, it's just you know historians being historians yeah it, there wasn't exactly tons of information about velos <laughs> other than he yeah. stabbed ildabad that's about hey, we remember his name <laughs> that is true uh yeah it's but, just funny that it happened at a feast yeah so um, he got his uh just desserts <laughs> oh, that was terrible but fantastic <laughs> <laughs> oh didn't oh what are you gonna go with on this one um it's tough i i feel like that this is like pretty good but it's not it's not quite there uh i'm gonna give like a hmm a three or a four it's one of those i'm gonna go with three uh well i'll go with four and split the difference that way because i was thinking the same thing three or four yeah it's tough uh it's just like i feel like it's just kind of like an oddly anticlimactic way kind of like you're like you've this big setup like dinner and it's just like hey <laughs> hey come here a sec you just stick <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yep that's exactly so, it it's like the, the the set pieces were there and then he just like you know could have could have made some crazy it's you know. it's it's like a tv show got canceled or you know or like they yeah had, the writer or, yeah the writers the, ran out of budget or the, or the writers went on strike that's the issue the, the writers went on <laughs> budget or like um the the, the they went nah we don't really want his care or like a the actor said you know what i got a better gig over here and so they have to kill him off I, yeah. <laughs> like, he had such great setup <laughs> yeah yeah Fail, failed on execution all right so a three and a four for a total of seven so let's uh let's move on to our last one legacy uh for his dynasty aspect his children are taken away from constantinople never heard from again no knowledge of his wife or lover that bore his children so his bloodline died off with him uh he set the stage for the ostrogothic revival by retaking northern italy uh unfortunately he got himself killed before he really got things ramped up before he shifted you know into uh, fifth and sixth gears um his reign is a huge what if that's that's his legacy is what could have happened not what yeah. did happen uh it doesn't really feel like yeah much of anything i i can't really give any points for this i'm gonna give one because it was a setup and he's gonna set up someone else's legacy that's and, fair enough you know that that's a legacy in and of itself yeah it's kind of odd uh like how far you trace back but yeah yeah he he walked so that way next person in line could run that's a lot of a lot of our great kings have a king like this um think of geyseric one of the best vandal kings his brother set him up like we don't know much about his brother but his brother did a damn good job of taking the vandals from a know-nothing kingdom to you know a respectable force yeah so, all right. So a zero and a one for a total of one. And uh, for our total, so one of the few times where we have like a little more meaningful differential between you and I, oh. difference, uh, 
So eight plus eleven for a total of nineteen. Oh wow! Who was more generous? You were. Ah, wow, that's interesting. Normally, I'm not. Well, yeah, actually, I'm just, I don't I'm know. just cynical today. I guess just cynical today. So well, all right. The big question we have, Scott, it's it's it is our duty to to judge him. Should he become crowned as high king, become a minor lord at court, or be burned at the stake? It's a tough one, actually. He definitely should not be burned at the stake. Well, yeah, that's that's the obvious one. But <laughs> like, um, I, I'm willing to just say minor lord just on the the merit that like didn't have time to actually do anything. Yeah, I can't give him high king. He was not a high king he was a minor lord but he could have been great we're this close to greatness yeah squandered uh shame well he got anything else on him but uh it was kind of a kind of a letdown after such great build-up yeah but i think it's interesting that he kind of uh you know he uh inspired urias to apparently start getting some uh <laughs> a little bit of conniving yeah so i think he showed everyone that like hey we're not completely dead i'm i'm not i'm not dead yeah <laughs> exactly i think yeah. i'll go for a walk <laughs> i feel happy yeah that's exactly what it's like and uh i think you know he's rekindling the spark of the ostrogoths Yes. Yep. Very Uh, nice. So, well, that brings us to the short life and reign of Ildabad. Let us know what you thought of him. Uh, Were you just as let down as we were? Because that was kind of sad ending. You can catch us on Messenger on Facebook or Instagram at Quest for Power or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support what we do here, you can, oh, and of course, raise your legacy score. Uh, please review us at www.podchaser.com slash quest for power. I, be- I will have the link also in the show notes below. Uh, we will read every five-star review posted to podchaser.com. It is so much easier than ruling a kingdom on the brink of collapse, and you do not need to worry about getting assassinated by your bodyguard. All you need is to click on the link in show notes and let us know what you think of our tiny little kingdom. Probably a hamlet right now. Alrighty, Scott, are you ready for the bonus king? Yeah, this is a surprise to me. I know. I love, uh, I'm glad I could surprise. I aim to please. Sitting high upon the Ostrogothic throne, we have Eurek the traitorous bastard, <laughs> outsider, king of the Ostrogoths. Uh, pretty good title there. Um, Eurarik doesn't really appear in the written record until Ildabad dies. Ildabad was really rude and, you know, he got himself assassinated before he could produce an heir, you know, so he left the kingdom in turmoil, pretty uh, un- unthinking of him. And since he had no heir, the Goths raced Eurarik on his shield, proclaiming him as King of the Ostrogoths. Quick little right. whirlwind. Yeah, well, that's kind of interesting how they may hire, how they would make a choice for the next guy. 
because yeah no no bloodline you just gotta just gotta pick right pull straws out of a hat yeah he wasn't even a goth he was a rugian which was you know they were one of the many tribes um allied to the ostrogoths but he wasn't a goth and he really wasn't the best choice to be crowned king um the big reason for that is he was already plotting to surrender the entire kingdom so all the work that ildabad just did over to the romans boy after all that work that we just went through <laughs> ildabad showed everyone you know that the ostrogothic kingdom's the little train engine that could he wants to just sell it yeah he, I, I wonder if it's like he uh it's like to you know um for a company like a dot-com company where he builds it up <laughs> and sells it before it collapses yeah well i mean there is a certain point of like you get his favorable terms yeah out of like out of a surrender yeah like show show rome that it's a, that it's going to be as costly as if you try and take like every ounce of land from us it's going to be costly it could cost well, you I, a lot of money from the soldiers you're not paying and yeah uh you know it's just gonna be like way too much trouble so i can understand negotiating at a high point but yeah and yikes. uh well also i'm probably rome was giving him favorable terms like he was gonna be able to live as like a roman noble which is way way better than being a gothic king that is on the verge of death at every you know corner yeah uh, look at, I mean, look at the previous kings that we've been through, and Justinian is still on the throne <laughs> over in Constantinople. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they got good walls there. So yeah, that is true. Very good walls. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to go through a Patreon episode where we get to go through that because that Constantinople's walls is absolutely insane. They're they're pretty cool. Um, well. Yark wasn't really successful in the sale of the kingdom, and he was executed for high treason, putting an end to the second shortest reign we've ever had. Uh, so, I mean, you gotta hand it to him. He committed the highest treason possible, and try he, to try not just overthrow the king, but just sell the whole kingdom to their bitterest rival. Like, really go for capital evil on that one yeah this is uh something that like i is just so out of left field <laughs> yeah so uh well uh ready to quickly rate him just so we could put him in the rankings before we oh, add him to the burn pile uh i was about to ask do we need to rate him but honestly this might just be a, a nice exercise and uh how to get a zero because i got a feeling <laughs> well let's go well, through it. just just oh never mind infamy is always oh one. maybe yes. maybe a zero is not possible but yeah all right he let's let's, get... let's yeah. go through the steps all right all right royal power um i he don't know how long he reigned less than more than a week less than a year i don't remember zero <laughs> infamy i mean he committed the highest reason possible. He tried to sell his uh, kingdom. Pretty good stuff right there. Sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Pretty, I, pretty bad. I can't think of, can't think of like, apart from like being like, 
you know, sacrilegious. I really can't think of much worse. Right? I mean, no, he committed the the highest of how how could you get That's true. Any how, more often, high... yeah, how often are you executing your kings for high treason, right? <laughs> I mean, how I I I I was gonna say how many times are we gonna have that in our you know podcast? I bet this is the one out of I don't know, thousands? I, I just yeah, I gotta give him a ten. I mean, that is a yeah, is a one hit wonder, but it is a job well done. All right, there's the there's those ten and ten for twenty points he's ever gonna get. That's pretty more than a lot of other people. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's already you know it's already more than Ildabad. Yeah, that is true. Oh, such a shame. Religious passion. Uh, not nope. Got not nothing. A... <laughs> when you have like a day <laughs> yeah all right all right next stability can we give negative points because <laughs> this is about as bad as it gets right like he's I literally mean, gonna self we have broken this scale before i mean i think this might be worthy of a broken scale give him just the negative one just the negative one i think his skip the scale he broke the scale i i just can't the reason i included him and just didn't skip him over is he tried to sell the kingdom like <laughs> you know you yeah like, that's so messed <laughs> up can you imagine literally one day or like you know whatever after you get like the reins you're just like all right puts the big old like you know um like for sale, like Remax, your sign out in front. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> ne negative one. Yeah, I'm willing to splurge on the negative ones are all around here, because I that's so unthinkable. Like, can you imagine just like I don't know, like a U.S. president just like dropping that big old sign out front, <laughs> like day one. I'm not gonna say we've had like we haven't had our fair share of like really lousy presidents, uh, you know, throughout our history. But I don't think boy. any one of them has actually offered the United States for sale. No, but there has been one that offered oil reserves. So, I, I mean, that's, <laughs> so that's about as bad. Yeah, that is true. Uh, uh, yeah, that's you know. Now that you mention it, yeah, looking at you, <laughs> President Harding, you could probably yeah, probably on equivalent. Yeah, so. Okay, negative one and negative one for negative two. We're restoring balance to the. Oh, world. I was gonna say, thank God, <laughs> it was too high of points. Royal demise. Um, he was he was executed for high treason. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it is. Bit. It is. He got a, He got some points for that. I'm willing to give him one. One. Oh yeah. come on! It's high treason. He got executed That's for. True. That's, yeah, I, that's some good stuff. That's that's no that's no that's no dying of smallpox or dysentery. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, allow me to revise then. Uh, I'm willing to give him a three. I'm giving him a three as well. Yep. Just don't like him. All right. <laughs> no, I hate him. On to the last one, legacy. I mean, he does have a legacy on our podcast. He is going to be one of the only kings to sell, trying and put the kingdom for sale. But yeah, I mean, in history, come on. Like, I've never heard of that before. I can honestly not think of one where the king tries to sell the whole freaking kingdom. 
Yeah, it's a little. I don't know, but like, it's not like he like left like a huge like lasting legacy. I mean, this is this guy's got to be like a footnote. No, yeah, know? he is totally a footnote. I bet nobody is gonna hurt hear of him except for our podcast. I can't believe I found him. Other than yeah, you know, that's... just because of you know, it just says next king was this guy for like a hot second, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, and I had to, I I had to dig in to find like why he was only there for a little bit. Yeah, I, like as as crazy as he is, I don't think I can give him anything. Like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give him a one. A, I, a one I day a one day king and a footnote that is to me is just oh, I mean yeah. I All I right. mean yeah, I uh, you're. Uh... I'm gonna go with one, just just because it. he did something. Yeah. All right. So uh, a, a zero and a one for one. So, all right. So our total is twelve and thirteen for twenty-five points. That is ridiculous. Well, you know, for one day was a pretty interesting fellow. He really, really was. I, to be clear, I don't know if it was one day. I just don't remember off the top of my head. It's got to be more than a day. Because, yeah, like, I mean, it, you had to I think know, about, like, yeah. contacting, like, you know, you got to contact, you know, representatives for Rome and actually, like, go through this whole process. I'm sure it yeah. was, like, over the course of, like, you know, days or maybe yeah. weeks. And he had but, to have people with him, um, yeah. you know, and on in the court trying to do the same thing. Yeah, but, uh, it's uh, so yeah, yeah, really short, like to the point where, again, footnote. Yeah. All right. Well, we really got to ask this question, Scott. He may be a footnote, but should he be raised to high king of the land, reduced to a little court, minor lord at court, or do we add him to the burn pile? High king of what land? He sold it all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh no yeah he's uh he's light he that burned yeah light yeah. that torch yeah that's that's just so like oh oh my god I, know, that's it, so it's so funny and like I a, know a sad sense that like literally he sells sells out the kingdom like at, first at, first order business at first when you read it you don't think anything of it because it is just this one sentence in like you know a couple of sources and that's all it is and then once you like dig into it it's and actually think about what he did it's really funny and like <laughs> not something yeah. you hear every day <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's funny in like a hindsight like kind of sense yeah 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 that'd be uh Gosh, it'd be really hard to think about being in like the people who lived at that time. <laughs> yeah, one of the most demoralizing things you probably could experience. Yeah, yeah, that would be like, horrific, yeah. horrible. So, uh, well, that that's all we got for Ildabad and the surprise Eurek. I bet he was a bigger bonus than most of you thought he would be. <laughs> um, I mean, Scott didn't even want to rate him at first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next episode, uh, we will be reviewing the penultimate Ostrogothic king, Totilla, and the Gothic War rages on. And with that, until next time, the king is dead. Long live the king!